Hello and welcome. My name is Julia Goodall and this is the Grounded Families podcast, a podcast for all families navigating life, relationships and wanting a little more joy in their everyday lives. Hello and welcome. I wanted to talk today a little bit about communication. So this is a really big topic, but I wanted to focus specific, specifically on communication within relationships and speak a little bit about the type of communication work that I'll do within, um, with clients and to talk a little bit about the maps that we have, the ways that we can change our communication maps and styles and, and how this can be really beneficial to relationships. So I think it's important to say that communication will always happen within a relationship. So this is even with ourselves, that we will communicate with ourselves through our internal kind of dialogue or our internal um, self-talk, um, but that that's still in relationship with, with ourselves. Um, these communication maps that we kind of grow and develop from birth are in some ways inherent to do with our kind of personality and our character traits, but in some ways they are accumulated along the way through our experience of the way that people communicate with us, the way that our communications are heard, and the way that we see communication modelled. So again, this can be really different between the way that a parent will communicate with a child versus how we see our parents if we live with, with two parents um how we see them communicate and so there's it's a nuanced thing it's not just what we see is what we replicate um i think that it's really important to consider that that with with inner communication there'll be two very differing um styles or differing maps of communication and so it feels inevitable that there's conflict within communication and again within relationships that there's just no way that we will always hear each other and always be ready to hear each other because we're not we're not robots we just we're human beings and we are complex and we are flawed and i think when you make space for the idea of conflict within communication or within relationships that it can actually just be a huge relief that if we are arguing or in conflict that that doesn't necessarily say anything about the relationship it says something about our communication um, and just takes a bit of the pressure off around it's okay to get things wrong and it's okay to to have conflict that actually it's inevitable and really important similar to attachment communication maps accumulate as we grow up so often this comes up so I want to mention it again is that when I'm working with couples, they'll often say that the way the kind of um, culture of communication in their family of origin was a particular way and that um, there's a longing for that to be replicated or to completely eradicate that. And so sometimes it's important to kind of steer them towards the fact that the communication would have happened within the couple in a very different way that it happen happened between parent and child. Um, and to really separate those out, that you can be good at communicating in one setting, but in another, there's something that's evoked for you, and that can disrupt the way that you're able to communicate. So when you are having conflict, or when you are just wanting to communicate something, it's really important to think about what it is that you actually want to say. And I know that sounds quite obvious, 
but um it's important to know are you wanting to convey information are you trying to express a need are you are you wanting some action from somebody or are you just letting them know kind of where you are and and that's important to know when you go in so that you can adjust your expectations um we also need to consider that we're not talking to a blank slate so again the other person will have their own communication style communication map they also have their own kind of their day um and they may be experiencing overwhelm in some way or they might be busy or they might be preoccupied or distracted so we don't know how our communication will land and we're not in control of that so again to kind of let go of that that you can kind of craft something you want to say perfectly and clearly and it still might not land and that's okay that we just don't have control over the way over anything that anybody else does essentially um and that sometimes is a relief to know that you can only show up in the way that you can and um, the other person has to meet you in some way. Let's have an example. So if you are wanting to have a, a conversation with your partner, um, it's important to choose what you want to say, what you want to get across, and also the time. So the time that you know that you're both most likely to be able to connect in a meaningful way and in a way that makes communication easiest. So you can actually preempt that by saying, I really want to have a conversation about X and um, what do you think would be a good time to do that? So if you have children, this is often really, really difficult to get right. I think that these sorts of conversations, if it's if it's a big conversation you want to have, that when you've had a day of childcare or work or both, um, and then saving those conversations for the evening can be really, really tiring. And it just... Um, it doesn't inspire connection. And so to be aware of that, that again, sometimes you'll just have to have conversations in uncomfortable times, but that it will definitely impact the way that the communication happens. Um, yeah, consider that you're both tired and, and have things going on in your own lives. Um, I want to repeat again just a little bit about the control. I think that there's no control that we have within these situations. And it's so, so important to let that really kind of sink in and to know that the only thing we can control is the way that we respond to things and the way that we say things. That after that, you know, we really we really have to be ready and open ourselves to somebody having a different experience to us. The next thing I usually work through with clients is working around the unsaid. And there is so much that happens in the unsaid where we have a particular story that we have attempted to to tell the other person again and again and they haven't heard or this is the part they hear and this is the part they don't. And so a lot of the time what happens is that we actually give up. But because we're having our own internal kind of dialogue that just happens continuously, particularly if we're dysregulated, um, if we are having that, it can sometimes feel like we've said things a lot of times when in fact we haven't. And so, so often that conversation hasn't been had at all, but there is resentment and frustration in not being heard. Um, so go to those kind of unsaid messages. What are the things you expect your partner to know or you expect the other person to, to know about you? We make all sorts of assumptions about what people know about us, but essentially 
unless we've told them they don't know um, and that we cannot see into the mind of another person, no matter how much we know them. Um, actually, Alain de Botton speaks so beautifully about this. He speaks about sulking. Um, and he said there's something particular about the relational sulk. So this will be particular to couples where, um, um, you know, one person in the couple in the partnership feels unseen or hasn't been heard. Um, but they f feel that their partner should know or should understand something about them, but that they haven't said. And so there's the kind of really familiar situation where one partner withdraws and sulks because they are angry that the other person does not know something about them or does not understand something about their position, um, that they really have kind of a fantasy around them knowing that they should know they're my partner. If this person doesn't know, then, you know, what hope do I have for, <laughs> for other communication? And it can feel really um, shameful, I think, in those situations as well, that people often describe feeling kind of stuck by the by the rigidity of where they sit so they'll say I know that I am being unreasonable in these moments but I cannot I cannot move through that and I think that there's again all sorts of stuff that could be going on there to do with attachment and communication but really to just have a like a rule between the two of you to say you know what is unsaid is unheard that unless somebody said it we don't know we don't know what it is. We don't know the texture of it. We don't know the timing of it. Um, and that it's really important to go to that. So it's important to practice these things in small ways first. I always say to people, don't start, you know, in a long-standing argument or a long-standing kind of story that you have between the two of you. Don't practice on that. So those will be really triggering situations. Um, either of you or both of you are most likely to become dysregulated during those stories. And I think we all have them. We all have a fight or a disagreement that we go back to again and again and again. Um, and I won't go into that now, but it's important not to practice on those. So you can start with small things like, I need help with this, or um, I'm really tired today. I don't feel like going, you know, I don't feel like going out or I don't feel like visiting your parents, whatever it might be, um, and saying that in a clear way. Um, another thing to practice around is the timing of communication. So you could say things like, I really want to have this conversation with you, but I've got this and this on my mind and this and this that I have to do. Um, could we make a time to talk about this later? And then actually make a time. So don't use it as a fub off, but to really practice with those small moments. And I think that when those communications start to go better, so often when we are clear, people do hear us. And when those go better, we have more confidence and we feel safer within the communication with our partner. And so we're more likely to to risk being vulnerable and risk saying the thing that we actually want to say. So another thing that, that kind of happens here with this unsaid and with practicing is that people are always doing the best that they can. And I think that's is so important to realize that people will be stretched for various reasons. Again, to do with their upbringing, to do with where they are at the moment, to do with the state of the world. We are particularly stretched at the moment. And people are always doing what they can with the resources that they have. And so sometimes what happens is that people actually feel guilty about having to say something 
that feels angry or punitive or unkind in some way. And while I never encourage that, I I feel like there are ways to say things that might be hurtful. Um, I do think that you have to, you can't rescue other people from potential emotion. So if there's something difficult that you want to say, but you worry about how your partner might receive it, you can preempt it and say, look, I've wanted to say this for a long time and um, I've felt worried about how it might affect you, but this is something that's real for me at the moment. And to really go into it gently, and people are much more likely to hear you and much more likely to let that that land. Um, but again, we can't we can't control the way that those things do land. On a really practical level, I say to people, <clears throat> speak to each other from your position. So when you've wandered into territory like you always do this and you always say that, and we we never have this conversation, you know, easily or something like that, then you've really wandered into difficult territory and it's important to say things from your perspective so you might say something like I felt really sad when x happened or I felt really embarrassed when x happened and I withdrew or you might say when you do that I find myself feeling really angry or irritable um and and use that as a starting point so people are much more likely to hear you if you um, are speaking from your position speaking about your experience there's no evaluation on them there's no evaluation on their behavior on their emotion on their experience Um, and they're immediately more likely we can't (laughs) can't predict but they are more likely to receive your communication if you have said it there's something about you rather than there's something wrong with you (laughs) and the other person um, that really just gets people's heckles up immediately and the the communication is likely to break down sooner. So, So think carefully again about your why. Like, why are you having this conversation? Are you angry with someone and you actually do want to hurt and, and that's important to explore? Or are you actually wanting something to get across so that something feels easier within the relationship? Okay, so set the scene a little bit for these communications to happen. So make sure that you're both calm, um, that you both have time. You know, that there's some space for understanding and generosity. So it's not just enough time for you to land something that you want to say, but space for the other person to respond as well. And I think this happens so often with people is that they become desperate to say something because they, you know, have felt disconnected about something and really, really want to be heard. And because of that, they will say things that may be awkward opportunities like in the morning when you're making breakfast or trying to get children to school. And again, to really work with each other so that you're not you're not battle, battling with each other, but saying, look, remember we said we were going to talk about these things when we have a little bit more time. I don't feel like I have the headspace or or the physical time to be able to do this right now. So yeah, make space for breathing if you feel yourself becoming dysregulated you can say that as well you can say I'm finding this conversation really hard um you don't have to it doesn't have to lead to an action but you can say this is you know how I'm receiving this this is difficult to hear um be really clear and simplify what it is you want to say so think about the core message of what you want to go to and just say that don't um couch it in too much just say the thing you need to say um, it can be just a huge relief, actually, for both parties to say that these unsaid things that are kind of 
thrown between each other, it feels much less overwhelming to deal with a specific aspect of your relationship in a kind of finite area rather than just opening up the whole thing and saying, now we're speaking about kind of 15 years of our relationship. It's totally overwhelming for people to hear that and even to say it. And um, those sorts of communications most often will break down um, and then they're just, they're not helpful. Um, sometimes I say to people that <clears throat> communication is a little bit like, particularly within an intimate relationship, communication is a little bit like trying to navigate a ball through one of those teacup rides. So the ride is going round, the teacups are going round, and this ball will roll. There's so, so many obstacles. And you have to firstly be clear about that and say, this is never going to be perfect. We're never going to do this perfectly, and that's fine. And not to catastrophize that. So when when communication does break down, that doesn't necessarily mean that your relationship has failed or that it's it can never work. It just means that communication has been hard between the two of you, and that's something that you're working on. So to really, really remember that and, and take some of the pressure off around this. Um. <clears throat> Remember that once things derail, you can either pause them and say, look, we'll come back to this later, or we can reset and say, oh, we've done that thing we always do. Somebody can name that. It's helpful to do that, to say, we've done this thing again, and I I think we should reset and just start again. <clears throat> and in these moments, people will offer intent and say, this wasn't my intention. But sometimes I say that while intent is useful and it's okay to kind of let people know what your intentions have been, that your impact is always important. So regardless of what your intention has been, someone's had an experience because of something you've said, um, and it's important not to minimize that. Okay, so as I said, this is a really, really huge topic, but these are, I just wanted to give a breakdown of some of the things, some of the ways that I might work with clients, and some of the really practical ways that we break down looking at the way that they are communicating, the way that they might say things in a different way, and um, hopefully to have a little bit more ease and lightness between the two of you. So, yes, I will chat to you soon. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. All of our show notes are on the website, and please do like and subscribe and leave a review. It really helps other people to find us. Thanks so much. See you next time. Bye.